In this episode of the Film Festival Secrets Podcast, I'm talking to indie filmmaker and uh, big-time hustler, Alex Ferrari. Hi, Alex. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Chris? When you when you name your site Indie Film Hustle, you kind of have to get uh, get used to that. Well, I, I wear that I wear that uh, badge with honor, sir. Uh, I think we all, at one way, one way, shape, or form, are always hustling. And if even if it's trying to hustle your wife to take you to a certain uh, place to eat that night, or to go to a certain place to eat that night, or hustling a buddy to go, hey, I want to see this movie instead of that one, or hustling to go get a job or make money. I think we all hustle in a certain way every day of our lives. So I, I wear the hustler badge with honor, sir. I'm sure you do. So. You've been in this game for a while, uh, mm-hmm. made a good number of short films and worked on some features. I guess you haven't directed a feature yourself yet. Not yet. Not yet. I'm working on that. Is that, that's in your, it's in your, uh, your roadmap, huh? It's on this year's roadmap. So gotcha. it, something's going to happen this year. But I, I think one of the most intriguing things about you is that your very first short film, Broken, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, has played an unheard of number of festivals, like <laughs> almost in the hundreds, uh, but certainly more than a hundred. It, yeah, between uh, Broken alone, I stopped it at around 180 to 200. I lost, I lost count. I actually stopped submitting because I just, I was like, what's the point of having 250 scripts? Yeah. Like I, it just didn't make any sense to me anymore. So I, I literally stopped submitting, uh, to festivals and getting into festivals. Um, and, and, and a bunch of it was for free, uh, which we can discuss or not discuss. It's up to you. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, then with all of my festival, all of my films, which I've have about arguably about four really big short films that I did, they got into probably between five and 600 film festivals. And again, I just stopped. I, I literally, I could have easily broken a thousand, but I just did. I just at a certain point, I'm like, I'm just tired of submitting. <laughs> I'm just tired. You, of would, have, you would have run out of festivals at some point. I mean, like there's, you'd be, there's you'd a be surprised. Number. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of festivals in the world and a lot. This is international too. This is not just us though. The bulk of them were in the U S I was, I was submitting, I was in South Africa and Australia and, and the, the middle East and Asia, uh, in Europe, a lot of European, European and Scandinavia. Uh, and then some in South America too, even uh, though all my projects were in English, I did get accepted into some in South America as well. So you'd be surprised. There's a lot, yeah. <laughs> a lot of festivals. I'll take shorts. So where were you living when when you first started with Broken? I was living in um, Fort Lauderdale, down uh, down in the South Florida area near Miami. So that's where I'm from originally. So when I made uh, the film Broken, I was in West. I made the film in West Palm Beach, Florida, which is right above, um, just north of Fort Lauderdale. So that's where I kind of got my start in the film industry and and uh, made a made a life there. Actually made made a living uh, as a filmmaker in South Florida. Uh, back then, which I look back now and I can't believe that I was able to do what I did. Uh, but yeah, that's where I was based. And and now you're in LA. I now I, I made the jump about eight years ago to LA, and I've been here ever since. So I bring that up because I was intrigued to hear what you have to say about you know industry festivals versus sort of regional, you know festivals in major metro areas that aren't necessarily industry connected because I think it's one of those things that um, it's one of those ways that you can break festivals down. I mean, you can, 
you see articles from time to time about the five different types of film festivals or whatever, but there's really mm-hmm. like hundreds of different ways you could classify oh, film festivals. Absolutely. Um, and I, I wonder if you could maybe give your perspective on the festivals that you played there in, in LA and around LA, what some of your favorites are and uh, maybe the differences between um, festivals with industry at them and festivals elsewhere. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, I've played a lot of festivals here in LA, um, and it was ever since I got here. Uh, about two of two out of, two of those out of those four uh, shorts that I was talking about played a lot in LA because I lived here. So I submitted to everywhere in LA. And, and it's a general statement: if you want to submit, if you have geographical areas that you want to do, depending on the goals of what you're trying to do with your film, LA and New York are the, the two best places to submit to because that's where a lot of industry sits, uh, you know, hangs out and can see things. Um, so you you have a better chance of somebody just kind of wandering in and watching something from my experience, at least. So, um, in LA, uh, short film festivals, my favorite by far is the Holly shorts film festival. Um, I know Danny and Theo for years because I was uh, broken played in the very first Holly shorts film festival. Uh, that's going on 10 years ago, now 10 or 11 years ago now. And they were playing originally in a, I think it was a conference room or gala ballroom in a hotel somewhere and had like 60 people show up, you know, and that was, and I was played there. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And ever since then, we've always been, t- we became friends and, and, and anytime I had a film, they always, you know, wanted to play it. Uh, and so just so you understand, so sometimes a film festival might be small at the beginning. Holly Shorts has turned into the short film festival one of the biggest film festivals for shorts uh, in the country, especially here in L.A., dwarfing the L.A. Uh, short film festival, in my opinion. Um, and I'll tell you why I have ill will towards the L.A. short film festival <laughs> in a minute as well. Um, you just but, stir up trouble, don't you? I, I, dude, I don't care. I'm a hustler. Don't you, don't you hear that? Um, so um, anyway, so the, the reason um, I say that is because they started off in a, in a conference room, in a hotel room. And ended up at Man's Chinese Theater. Uh, and now they hold, they hold their festival, which is now a huge festival with every, basically they've kind of niched themselves out to like any celebrity who wants to direct a short film or be in a short film. That's where you premiere. Like that's, that's the festival to go to because they have a lot of industry connections. Um, so when I've been on panels, I've been on panels with David Arquette, Josh Brolin, Jessica Biel, uh, all sorts of, you know, big celebrities that happened to be making movies and were on the same you know panels as I was at the time. So just because I maintained a good friendship with them over the years, uh, a lot of opportunities opened up for, for, for my films later on. So that's one thing I can say about LA and being here in LA as far as film festival is concerned. Uh, I've played Burbank Film Festival. I played Long Beach Film Festival. Um, there's the Palm Springs uh, International Film Festival. There's Santa Barbara. There's Santa Cruz. There's there's so many in LA. There's downtown film festival, downtown LA film festival. There's so many film festivals here in LA. I, I, I don't even know how many there are anymore, honestly. Um, but from my experience, if I lived here, since I lived here, I went to so many festivals here in LA with my film. When my last film, uh, my last big film, Red Princess Blues was doing the runs, um, my wife and I were going out to premieres weekly. Like it was just every week we'd be like, Oh, another premiere. Another premiere here, another premiere there. And it was like at a certain point, you know, I was being interviewed a bunch and my wife's like, you're going to have to get some more shirts. 
because you know you're wearing the same shirt all the time. Because <laughs> I'm just I you know I'm I'm a dude. I don't I don't I just wear what's comfortable. She's like you got to wear you constantly being photographed with the same shirt. You're gonna look weird. You got to start buying shirts. So um, that was my experience in the LA scene as far as festivals are concerned. And a lot of times when you play outside of LA, just a little bit outside, maybe being like an hour out or something like that. Um, I find it's a little bit better for networking because a lot of these people who drive out out of LA or San Diego or, or um, up to Santa Barbara or something like that, they're up there for the night or the two nights or three nights out there. So they're kind of away from home. They can't just drive back home. So they're kind of stuck there at the hotel. Um, some of these towns outside of LA are not, there's not a lot to go around. So they usually stay at the hotel, at the bar, um, you know, networking and meeting other people. So you have access to a lot of these people. Um, that you might have not had access to in an LA screening because they could just go get in the car and go back home. So that's one of the benefits of being in LA and then also close to LA proximity wise. Yeah. I think even just being in California, um, mm-hmm. festivals as, as far down as San Francisco, even, um, Newport beach, uh, is one of the show's sponsors and, yes. um, they have that, that same vibe where it's like, yeah, this is a place where people come on vacation. Um, and so it's a natural kind of thing for a festival to, um, a festival for them to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, you have any, uh, sort of networking, uh, networking hacks, so to speak on, uh, you know, how to, how to approach people that, you either have identified as industry or think might be industry? You know, for my experience uh, doing all these festivals and doing all these kind of networking things, you know, I, I, f- I find that, and this is going to sound very elementary, but it's very true. Uh, be nice. Step one, be nice. Don't go up and bark at the person or like, hey, hey I want you to watch this or hey, I want you to take care of this or or something along those lines. It doesn't uh, it doesn't help because you, you won't get anywhere with that. They'll just kind of blow you off and move on as opposed to you start genuinely talking to them, you know, about a conversation about something that has nothing to do with your film. Maybe it's the last movie that just came out or the screening that just happened. Start building a rapport with them, start building a, you know, some sort of rapport or not friendship, but at least some sort of rapport that you can use at a, a later date. Uh, maybe it might not be that day. It might be a week or two down the line. You know, maybe you can exchange information or maybe you find the person's information. I'm like, hey, you know, we, I looked you up. I know we had a great talk at the bar, you know, in blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's one way of doing it. The other thing is also lead with what you, if you're going to do a hard sell on your movie or on what you want them, want from them, you have to offer them something. You have to give them something. And that's one mistake that most filmmakers make. Um, and people networking is a general statement. It's just like, you just bark or ask and you just want to take, take, take. So when you're going after an agent or a manager or a producer or a high-end screenwriter or anything like that, you're just taking, taking and asking and asking, but you don't even know this person. You can, so offer what you can give to them first before you start asking for things. You start giving them things and that will set you apart right away. Like, Hey, can I buy you a drink? It's as simple as something like that. You're like giving them something, you know, and that, that exchange of like, Hey, I'll buy you a drink. You know, maybe I can get five minutes with you. I wouldn't say that, but that's kind of like, Hey, can I buy you a drink? You assume that during that drink, you'll be able to talk to them for a little bit. That's a way in as opposed to like just pulling them away. So those kind of little tips have have gone very far along my journey as a filmmaker is just being nice, making sure you're offering um, something of value 
to the person you're trying to connect with. And that's a very distinct term, connect with. You're trying to connect with that person and not just be a sucker of energy sucker or you know, just a, a leech that just wants to take, 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 because I was that guy. I was that guy um, a while ago that where you meet somebody and you know that they have some sort of influence or power or ability to help you, you just automatically go right on into like, well, I have a script or I have a movie or I have this or I have that. And I, that just is a big turnoff. And ever since I've opened up Indie Film Hustle, you know, I've get you know, propositioned all the time and not, and not in a dirty way, but, um, uh, uh, but I get, propos- <laughs> I get propositioned all the time about, um, you know, Hey, can you promote my thing? Or, Hey, can you do this? Or, Hey, I want to be in your podcast or I want to do this or this. And, and generally I just, I just don't look at those because they're not making an honest attempt to even connect with me on a human level. And the people who have gotten the farthest with me personally are people who take the time to listen to my podcast, you know, compliment, I don't want compliments, but like, you know, engage with me about the content and say, thank you so much. And, 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 and be nice and, you know, stay up to date with what they're doing. And that's a much nicer, a better approach. And we'll get much more notice than, Hey, promote my stuff. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Because it just doesn't work. And you're just going to turn people off and it's going to take you a lot longer to get where you want to be. You know, being nice is so underrated. Uh, in all aspects of the of, of the film industry, oh, human connection is so much work, Alex. <laughs> I know, right? Tell me about it. Tell Being me about nice it. Nice to people and develop relationships. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of trouble. It is. It, you know what? It's um, it's you know, it's hustle, man. It's hustle. You have to you have to work, and and the business in general is not something. The film industry is is a brutal, brutal place. Uh, you know it as well as I do, Chris, that it, it, it eats people up and spits them out daily. Uh, especially you drive around LA, driving on Hollywood, you see the Boulevard of Broken Dreams constantly. You see people and meet people who came out here with shiny, shiny lights in their eyes. I'm going to be the next Fincher or Spielberg or Nolan or Tarantino. And they just don't understand what it takes to really get to those places. And I guarantee you all those guys busted their ass in a way that they're not most people nowadays don't understand. And those are the people that make it in the business is the people who really bust their ass and work hard. And for every time you see a success story, they don't see the thousands of hours that they put into getting to that point. You know, you only see LeBron James shoot that three pointer and win the game, but you don't see the thousands upon tens of thousands of hours he spent practicing that shot. And that's what people, there's a disconnect there. So yes, it is a lot of work to kind of build relationships and stuff. But unfortunately, nowadays, it's it's a skill that is so uh, lacking in most people that the people who do understand that move forward and move up that ladder so much quicker uh, than people who don't understand that process. This episode is sponsored in part by the Newport Beach Film Festival, which is celebrating its 16th anniversary for 2016, taking place April 21st through the 28th. Now, their call for entries is still open as of this uh, recording. Uh, They have an extended deadline that closes on February 5th on both Film Freeway and Without a Box. Uh, The festival is about eight days long. It's in Orange County, California, which is south of L.A., and uh, really, really cool. I've actually been to it 
Uh, it's a, you know, sort of a seaside festival, lots of enthusiastic crowds. It's not, uh, super heavy on industry, but industry people do come down from LA, uh, to kind of hang out and have a good time. Uh, they're doing some interesting special programs. So if you've got, uh, films in any of these categories, you might want to pay special attention. Uh, they've got an action sports film series, an environmental film series, art, architecture and design, music, family films, uh, collegiate showcase, which I'm assuming is, uh, about, um, you know, college filmmakers. Uh, so you might want to check out the rules on that one. Uh, youth film showcase and a free series of seminars. So, uh, to check that out, go to newportbeachfilmfest.com and, uh, check out their site. They have a, a really nice layout on their submissions page about the process that your film goes through, which I think is super considerate and helpful. If you're not, you know, real clear on how the process works, they reassure you that, uh, at least five people are going to be, uh, watching your film, which is, uh, an unusually high number. That's, Pretty good. Most festivals I know will do at least two people, but um, often not many more than that. So to get five people to watch, that's pretty good. And make sure that your film really, really gets every possible chance to get into the festival. One more time, NewportBeachFilmFest.com. Uh, and that deadline again is February 5th. Check them out on Film Freeway and uh, Without a Box. Well, I love the affection that you have for, uh, for Holly Shorts. Um, about 10 years ago, when uh, I guess they were first getting started, mm -hmm. uh, I was working for a company that built website scheduling software for film festivals. Mm -hmm. And we worked with Holly Shorts pretty early on. And I remember uh, thinking, you know, when I saw what their venue was, I think you mentioned it was a ballroom or whatever. I'm like, yeah. oh, this, you know, this is kind of a little festival getting started. I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. I, I did talk to the organizers. Um, I remember Theo's name in particular. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I didn't give it a whole lot of thought. And then, yeah, years later, it's turned into this ginormous thing. And I've since lost touch with those guys. But mm -hmm. I think I'll, uh, I'll drop them a line and say, um, you know, you wouldn't believe what this guy Alex Ferrari is saying about you. <laughs> Bad talking you left and right. Uh, but no, that's, I mean, it's really nice when a filmmaker develops a connection long-term with a festival and they foster that connection. They foster the career of that filmmaker because they genuinely, genuinely like their work. It's not about mm -hmm. doing favors and, mm -hmm. you know, it's about the work. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Danny and Theo, who started it, you know, I've seen them grow over the years, uh, into this megalith <laughs> that they've turned into with, with, with just Holly Shorts. I mean, if you guys ever get a chance to do a, go to Holly Shorts, uh, here in LA, which I think is coming up in August, uh, soon, uh, the, actually, I think it's August or I don't remember the exact date. You'll have to look it up, but, um, but they, they put so much love into what they do at Holly Shorts that is, uh, and they treat the filmmakers with the utmost respect and they take care of them in, in, in ways that I've never seen in many other film festivals. And this is not a Holly Shorts promotion. Honestly, I, you know, I haven't been at, I haven't been in Holly Shorts in 
probably about four years, four or five years, I haven't had a film in Holly Shorts. So, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I do, a, I, I'm there every year or anything like that. I just love the guys and I, and I love what they do. And I, and you want to talk about hustle, you know, as well as I do, Chris, it's not easy running a film festival. Uh, it's an extremely difficult uh, thing to do to run a film festival, organize a film festival and to see the behind the scenes of how these guys do it. Uh, and the amount of energy and time and care that they put into what they're doing um, is is remarkable to watch. And they've been doing it for years. And 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 trust me, no one's getting rich. You know, no one's getting rich off these festivals. It depends on the festival, of course. But uh, they're hustling and they do it because they love doing what they do. Uh, it is a business, but they love doing what they do. And you can see that in the way they the, in the venue that they've chosen to play. I mean, I played at the DGA, which was a wonderful venue. Um, I've yet to, I've never had a, uh, one of their, uh, never screened at the Man's Chinese yet because I haven't had a film out at that time, but uh, I would love to, but it's not Man's Chinese anymore. It's actually something else, but the Chinese theater, the famous Chinese theater here in LA. Um, but it's amazing and the kind of panels they put together and stuff like that. So if you can't connect with a film festival, and I have other festivals that I've connected with too, uh, the Melbourne International, uh, uh, yeah, the Melbourne International Film Festival down in Melbourne, Florida is wonderful i know those guys very very well and they're a great festival they treat their filmmakers like gods down there um and that's a fun fun festival that uh you know it's not a huge festival but it's a fun festival and they treat their film their filmmakers wonderfully as well so and i've had relationships with a bunch of different festivals over the years that i've maintained relationships with and it's funny that you know i was talking to a a festival director the other day uh, and they go, oh, I remember you. I remember Broken when you played here and it won 10 years ago. I'm like, Jesus, you know, it, they have long memories <laughs> without question. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, I'm definitely going to have you, you back, Alex. This is just a <laughs> short episode that we're going to do. I, I'm really interested to sort of get into the, uh, you know, the nitty gritty of your experiences coming from Florida. I'm a, I, I wasn't born in Florida, but um mm-hmm. Uh, St. Pete, I lived there for about 10 years and, okay. um, you know, lots, lots of Florida history that we'll, we'll dive into, but mm-hmm. also just that journey of, of filmmaking, um, and doing what you do now, which is, you know, both, uh, you know, continuing to work in film, but also working in, um, filmmaker education, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the whole online education space is just exploding and, and mm-hmm. there's so much opportunity for people to really learn um, what formerly used to be the exclusive domain of film schools. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I've, uh, the things that used to be behind closed doors at a USC, UCLA or AFI or Full Sail or any of these kind of courses, mm-hmm. mind you, and there's nothing, I'm not taking anything away from them. With the, you know, when you get Steven Spielberg to come in and guest speak, that's something you can't get online. But, um, <laughs> but, with that said, the meat and potatoes of what it takes to be a filmmaker nowadays is easily accessible through online courses and online education. And I've been learning a ton about different avenues of the filmmaking process that I might have not known. And if not the filmmaking process, um, just anything you want to learn about from social media to how to set up a website to how to cook Asian food to everything that used to be you know, much more difficult to get now is available on online courses. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why, uh, indie film hustle is kind of thrown in hard on a film education because 
I, a lot of my followers uh, or the tribe members, indie film, indie film hustlers, as I like to call them, uh, they've contacted me saying, we want you to create these courses. We will pay for it. Um, and, but we want you to create these courses because we love all the great content that you give us, but we want you to create courses about this, 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 and this. So I started, um, doing that. And my first venture out was filmmaking hacks, how to, how to shoot and market your film festival, uh, if you, your film, uh, your film, your short film or feature film. And, um, that was basically, I was like, I think it's up to nine hours of all the stuff I went through with broken red princess and sin. These are three award-winning films I did and all the pre-production, production, post-production and how I marketed it and all that stuff. So I put that whole course together for, for them. And it's been really great. And I just released another course called Twitter hacks, uh, how to use Twitter to sell your movie, how to get more followers, how to get, uh, 10,000 followers in 10 weeks. Um, and how I did it. And I did it with indie film hustle and I show you my techniques and tricks and stuff so like that. So, and then you and I, Chris are doing something as well. What? 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 Yes. Nicely segued, sir. Thank you. I do what I can, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we were recording uh, lectures for an upcoming course, uh, Film Festival Hacks. You'll notice a, a trend there, a, <laughs> a through line, if you will, on, uh, right. on Alex's courses. Uh, but Alex asked me to, to jump in on this one, and I couldn't think of a better partner. Um, yeah. If you guys are interested in uh, more of the, the kind of stuff we've been talking about in this podcast... Um, keep an eye out. Uh, you can go to filmfestivalsecrets.com slash hacks, uh, and just sign up to get notified when that course is out and available. Um, I'm actually really honestly excited because I, I think this is, uh, one of the better distillations of film festival knowledge in one place, um, that I've ever been a part of. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah. When I, when I approach Chris about it, you know, cause obviously Chris is the god of, you know, the, the, the film festival coach, oh, the guru. Go on. No, oh, seriously, keep going. No, stop, stop, please. No, but please keep going. No, uh, Chris knows more about film festivals than anybody else I know. So, um, but I brought a certain perspective on the other side of that, that Chris didn't have the exper expertise on, which is actually being the filmmaker and going through the other side of the badge, as he says. So the combination of both perspectives on the same topic is very, very powerful. So as opposed to me doing a course by myself or Chris doing a course by himself, putting us together has made the kind of the ultimate course on film festivals from both sides of the fence, not just the film festival side, but also the filmmaker side and actual, you know, street credibility. You know, both Chris and I have a lot of street cred in both sides of our, our niches or our, our, our spaces. So combining them, I thought would just be perfect. And when Chris said, okay, we've been rocking and rolling on it and hopefully we'll have it out soon. And it's, and I said it in the course and I'll say it out loud. I wish I had this course before I started my, my journey. I think I would have saved some money, been much more strategic and maybe even gotten more success uh, from the festival circuit than I did. And I did get a, I can't say I didn't get a lot of success from it, but I think I would have saved, you know, probably a thousand bucks at least just from film festival submissions alone. You know, we do talk about how, I was able to get into um, the majority of those 600 film festivals for free uh, and only paying for a certain amount or how to get in for free or cheap. So that's one thing we cover in the course among a thousand other concepts. I mean, it's a pretty uh, – we haven't figured out how long it is. It's probably going to be at least two or three hours worth of content, and it's really jam-packed with a lot of information. So I'm really excited about it too, and hopefully it will be out in the next uh, few weeks. 
So uh, do you have any uh, hints for us about what that uh, what that feature might be like, even something vague? Um, the feature film that I'm currently working on, and it's still in the preliminary stages, is going to be something uh, – and, and I haven't – I haven't even mentioned this to my tribe yet, so I can't give away too much because I'm going to do a big announcement on it okay. about about the project. But it's going to be something that the and I can't I don't want to sound like Barnum and Bailey here, but it's the it's something that the indie indie community has never seen before. No, uh, it transcends filmmaking. No, I'm joking. Um, it is uh, it's a project that is going to be a very it's going to be something that you're going to want to study, not in the sense of the filmmaking aspect of it, because but in the sense of how we package it, how we go through the journey of making it, how we uh, get it out into the world, how we go through the festivals, how we get it distributed. That whole journey is where a lot of value is going to lie for the filmmakers listening to this podcast, because it's something that the way I'm going to present it has not been done before uh, anywhere that I've noticed. So um, I'll give you more details coming up on uh, if you go to my website indiefilmhustle.com or sign up for my podcast uh, you can sign up for my podcast for just go to filmmakingpodcast.com and it takes you directly to iTunes as well so um, you'll get more information about that uh, on any of those two places well Alex I know that the people listening haven't been through the uh, you know eight hours of recording that you and I have been together <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I will say it's been a lot of fun and I hope yeah. a little bit of that comes through in this conversation uh, you guys heard him IndieFilmHustle.com uh, again sign up for notifications about the film festival hacks at FilmFestivalSecrets.com slash hacks uh, and we will see you in the next episode thanks again Alex thank you for having me 